I just completed the world's most renowned mental toughness challenge. And I'm going to share exactly what I did to make it through so that you can do it too. So what I'm going to share are all the hacks, tips, and tricks that I used to make it through Andy Frisella's year-long extension of the 75 Hard program known as Live Hard. Here's what I did to write my script for success, sharing it in hopes that it helps you do it too. If you're looking for a no BS way to increase your self-confidence, master time management, and truly level up your life in all the areas, there is nothing like the Live Hard program. Uh, and full disclaimer, I ain't selling nothing. This is totally free, but it will totally change your life. For those bold enough to take on the challenge. Now, the principles that you learn and the self-conditioning that you create through the Live Hard program is the fuel that you can use to ignite your purpose-driven life. And I'm not saying that as hyperbole or to hype this up, like literally game-changing, life-changing stuff. There's a reason not many people have done it. Many have tried it, but it is very difficult because it puts you in the realm of the most humbling place you can be, the mirror with all parts of you, the good parts, the parts you know that you cut corners, the parts that you don't really like, this puts you in the mirror with that so that you can change who you see looking back at you. Now, as I mentioned, this Live Hard program is the extended version of the 75 Hard program, which is without a doubt the most effective method in the world to win the war with yourself and break bad habits from old patterns, form new ones that fuel you forward and truly allow you to create sound, unshakable mental toughness. For myself, being totally transparent, I failed several times back when 75 Hard first came out. However, I successfully completed 75 Hard in March of 2022, and the results were incredible. Like, holy crap, I am not the same person after going through that. And I literally felt so on fire with focus, with clarity, with really owning all parts of me and an inner drive to live with laser-like focus and presence that ironically, the structured doing of those consistent tasks led to a renowned sense of being fully present, both mentally and physically, rather than just being somewhere but mentally checked out somewhere else. Perhaps you know what I mean when I say that. Now, if you've never heard of 75 Hard, you're new to it, or maybe you've tried it before and you got a little discouraged, I have to tell you, it is worth it. As long as you do the whole program with zero substitutions, exactly as prescribed, no tweaks, no alterations, exactly as prescribed to a T. So if you are looking to learn more about 75 Hard, I documented my entire journey. I highly recommend that you go back and listen to episode 210 on this podcast titled How to Win the War with Yourself as I shared my journey, all the tips that I went through 75 Hard and the specific tactics that I used to complete it. 
I will have a link to that episode in the show notes. You'll definitely want to take a listen as I dive deep and go granular on all the things I used to get me through that, which is what I'm going to do here for the Live Hard program. And when it comes to the Live Hard program, 75 Hard is a part of that. It's like the beginning boot camp, the first part of the Live Hard program, which is the year-long program that will take your level of mental toughness to a whole new category that I promise you have never experienced before. And I mean, I'm talking from experience. I've gone to several Tony Robbins events. I've gone to Grant Cardone events. I've gone through massive therapy. I've done massive action in personal development, spiritual development, all the things. Nothing comes close to this. This is not just my opinion, but it is the exact same sentiment from every single person who has successfully completed the Live Hard program, provided, big asterisk, that they follow the program exactly as prescribed with no alterations whatsoever. So the whole point of this podcast is to share what I did to complete it so that you can do it and experience those same results of growth for yourself because they are wild and you'll never be the same. So for this podcast, I'm going to break it up so that it's a little easier on the ears because there's tons of things that I want to share with you because I know they'll help you. I wish I knew them going in. That's the whole point of making this. And I really want to share what works. So in this portion, I'm going to share first what the Live Hard program is, kind of as a bird's eye overview. And then I'm going to share each of the phases because Live Hard is broken up to begin with 75 hard. Then it goes into phase one, phase two, and phase three, each of which has specific tasks that you must do consistently for the prescribed time in each phase. Otherwise, you have to start all over. Consistency is a core principle that is ingrained in this process that you learn. And I will have a link to Andy's podcast where he goes in depth of the tasks of Live Hard, the program, and in the show notes, there'll be a link there. Highly recommend that you listen to that. It is a podcast that I personally have listened to probably over a dozen times throughout this whole process. But in this podcast, I'm focusing on the how, how you make it through each phase more than the details and both the expected and unexpected benefits and results that each phase is going to give you all based on my experience because I actually went through this myself. So first, I'm going to give that quick overview of a concept and philosophy that you really need to understand so that not only you succeed in completing the Live Hard program, but also the other areas in your life don't suffer at its expense, especially your relationships. Because the whole point of this program is to level up you to improve all areas of your life, not get obsessed, and check out from the rest of your life and only do this. That's not what this program is for. 
This is designed to augment, to improve all areas. And this is a lesson that I learned from being a lifetime drug-free competitive bodybuilder, having competed in four bodybuilding shows as of this recording. So, as soon as you complete 75 hard, which is 75 days of consistently repeating the same seven components in a row, after you do that, you might think to yourself, Adam, that's an incredible accomplishment. But that kind of thing, that kind of lifestyle, that's not sustainable. That's not realistic. Why do that? Why don't you just live a little? The reason that I decided to keep going beyond 75 hard into live hard was that once you go through that and, and you actually do it and your old habits that were keeping you stuck in unproductive patterns of excuses and cutting corners with yourself, you won't want to go back there. So if you completed 75 hard and, and you did it correctly without any compromise, no BS, following it to a T with zero substitutions, that's exactly why you will want to keep going and jump into live hard because that's your new life now. Being fully ingrained with your integrity at the best standard of yourself. A higher standard for yourself that you are not talking about, you're not aspiring to get, you're now living. Why would you want to go back from that? The key phrase though, that I really want to frame this whole program with, is that all of these things, all of these benefits, all of these gains are for you. They are for yourself. And let me explain why that is so important and why I want to begin with this concept. Because the first thing I want to share with you about this program, and really any program where you're looking to make a change, whether that's financial, physical, mental, whatever it is, is that when you start this process or any process of change, you will have others question you. They will poke at you and say things like, you're too stiff. Why don't you live a little and ease up? So what I want you to know right off the bat are two very important truths when, not if, when that happens to you. First, your program is for you, not them. You are holding yourself to a new standard. So don't impose your goals onto them or get offended that they're not doing what you're doing or judge them in any way. No one wants to be around someone who thinks they're better than other people. That is not what this program is about. And second, when someone does come up to you and see how you're trying to improve and you've got a plan and you're trying to follow the plan and they say something like, you should live a little, what they're actually saying is that you should live a little more like me so I don't feel isolated or bad about myself. Again, this is not a judgment on others. Just know this. That is really what's going on when others make comments like that. Those are the biggest concepts that you must understand and implement to not only just like get through and complete this thing, but to enjoy the process that it puts you through without having to put people in your life who do not want to go through that process 
or stress them out. Very important to note. So that is what I want to preface this with. A big overarching concept. This is your decision for you, not for other people. So don't expect them to understand. Don't expect them to support you. And don't get frustrated when they don't. There's going to be a link, like I have said, to episode 210, where I went deep on 75 hard, how I got through it. That's in the show notes. All the details on how to complete 75 hard, that's going to be there because 75 hard serves as the beginning portion of the live hard challenge. Now, with all that said, let's dive in to phase one of live hard. Once you complete the 75 hard challenge, you can, if you choose, immediately begin phase one of the live hard program, or if you want, you can take a little break before you begin. To be honest, I took a few days break, and if I were to go and do the live hard program again, which, spoiler alert, I am right now, I would not take that break. If just, that's just me. I would keep that momentum going and dive right into phase one as a celebration to want that progress into the next phase to continue. You want that growth, you want that development into the best version of you that you are becoming through the process. So, looking at phase one, phase one includes all of the tasks from 75 hard in addition to three new ones. So, as a quick overview, the 75 hard daily tasks are to have two 45 minute workouts, one of which must be outdoors, and those two workouts cannot be back to back or combined. So you can't go do a 90 minute workout and say you did two 45 minutes. You have to drink one gallon of water a day. This is not as difficult as it sounds as long as you pace yourself. You have to take one progress photo. You have to follow a diet any diet that is right for you in supporting your specific goals, have no cheat meals or alcohol of any kind, and read 10 pages of a non-fiction book. Hard copy, in print, old school pages, not Audible and not some magazine, a non-fiction personal development book. Those are the requirements for 75 hard, and those requirements serve as the foundation for all phases in the Live Hard program. And again, you must do all of those with zero substitutions for 75 days in a row. If you miss one task on day 40 of 75, you have to restart all the way back at day one. And let me tell you, from doing that myself, you will not want to miss a task. So that pain of having to restart is probably going to drive you, especially if you screwed up several times like I did, to not do it again. Phase one of Live Hard is all of those tasks from 75 Hard that I just mentioned, plus take a five-minute cold shower, do 10 minutes of visualization, and complete your power list or daily list of must-dos that will move the needle forward 
on whatever is most important to you. Now, there's an excellent episode on Andy's podcast, if you've never heard of a power list or must-dos, that I will have in the show notes. You will definitely want to listen to this. There's a link in the show notes for you to dive into it, which I highly recommend. He still says to this day, I mean, he puts out almost an episode a day. He still says that's his best episode. So there's a link to that in the show notes about the power list. Phase one is completing all of these tasks I mentioned consecutively for 30 days in a row with zero substitutions. So let me dive into the tricks that I came up with to successfully implement these phase one tasks as I think that you're gonna find these super helpful to push through that initial resistance or discomfort that you get and experience and feel when you try to implement these into your new life. First up is the cold shower. The cold shower was something completely new for me. And at first, it sucked. Like, why am I doing this? But after a few days, I really started to like it. How it made me feel and the benefits I got from this specific task were so profound that I've actually ingrained this into my life now. I have made this a new daily habit and I have not gone one day without taking a five minute cold shower since the first day I did this. And yes, it still sucks at the time. Yes, it is still uncomfortable the second I get in, but the benefits are super worth it. It sucks for five minutes, but as soon as I'm done, I am so glad I did. It's not an easy task, so here is what I did to make it through. It's super simple, but it's so effective, I still use it to this day, almost a year later from the first day I did it. And it's a resource that's free and you likely use anyway. I got through my cold showers using YouTube. That's my secret. There is a law of life that says you get what you focus on because where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're starting this new habit of getting in a freezing cold shower where it feels like daggers are slapping your body up ways and by ways, and you're focusing on how freaking cold the water is and how much you're shivering and how ridiculous this is when you could just take a warm shower, you are going to focus on that pain feel that pain, and your energy is going to flow there to pain. So what I did was I used YouTube because I didn't have like a, a timer. So I thought, well, how am I going to know it's five minutes? So here is how I got creative. I went on YouTube and I searched for a, a short video between five and 10 minutes long on a topic that I was interested in. So for me, I chose short sermons or motivational talks from people like T.D. Jakes, Eric Thomas, or Tony Robbins. And I would time it so that there would be five minutes left in the video as soon as I was ready to jump in the shower. So that was literally what I used for my timer. So that when the video was done, it kind of noted that my five minutes in the shower were done too. So for example, uh, if I searched for like Tony Robbins motivation and I found an eight minute video on YouTube, 
I would play it, and while that was going, I'd brush my teeth or do whatever, because I did this first thing in the morning. I would play the eight-minute video, and as soon as the video elapsed three minutes, as soon as three minutes had gone by, there would be exactly five minutes remaining. And at that exact moment, and I would give myself extra seconds so I wouldn't cheat myself, I would get in the shower. Now, there's a few reasons why this actually worked to my advantage and why I love it so much. It was really mentally stimulating for me because it hacks a psychology secret that you can use to your advantage. Your memory is strengthened in an event that has a high level of emotion. Let me explain what I mean by that by offering an example that you can actually learn from your own life. And uh, I'm going to use a key date from a horrific moment in history. Uh, first, though, I want you to think back to September 11th, 2001, the day of the terrorist attack in the United States on the Twin Towers in New York City. Now, regardless of how old you were, as long as you were alive when that happened and you were conscious, you probably remember exactly where you were. You probably remember exactly what you were doing. You might even remember the exact conversation word for word the moment that you found out with vivid detail because it was such a unique and highly emotional moment in your life and in the history of this country and the world. So you remember it with vivid detail. Now, if instead of September 11th, 2001, you looked at, let's say, November 11th, 2001, or any random day that wasn't emotionally significant for you, you likely don't remember what you were doing or anything specific at all about it. The reason is that emotion intensifies the capacity and detail of your memory. So when you're in the freezing cold shower, you have to catch your breath. That's some intense emotion. You're probably yelling at yourself, why am I doing this? So if while you're in that moment of intense emotion of freezing to death, and you choose to fill your mind with personal development tips from the best in the world on YouTube, in the moment that you're experiencing the emotion, you will remember more of those lessons for a longer period of time. So that was the unexpected benefit for me, hacking my brain to accelerate my personal development and wisdom off YouTube, making the task of taking a five-minute freezing cold shower a daily discipline. Who would have guessed? And in addition to that, there are tons of health benefits backed by research on how it can do things like reduce inflammation, relieve pain, improve circulation, lower your stress levels, reduce muscle soreness and fatigue, and fortify your ability to train your brain to act on command. And what I mean by acting on command is that if you just think right now, you're probably listening to this saying, that sucks, I'm not doing this. You do not want to take a cold shower. Nobody does, even those that do it every day. However, you do want what you'll get from doing it. 
So while your brain is saying, don't do that, it's painful, you override your brain's excuses and you train it to go when you say go, which is a priceless skill to develop for the unexpected events that life will throw your way. Now, the second task from phase one that I want to share is the 10-minute visualization. This exercise is incredibly powerful, and it stems from one of the most core principles from truth in the best-selling book of all time, as well as the most popular personal development books that you're familiar with, like Think and Grow Rich. Proverbs 29 states, without a vision, people perish. Knowing where you're going is essential to live a fulfilled life. Otherwise, you'll get pushed around as if you're floating down a river or a waterfall you never signed up to go down. A simple hack that I used for this 10-minute visualization was, again, meditations on YouTube. However, I'm going to caution you to be wary as if you look in this realm of visualization meditation, there is no filter and you're going to get some crap. You're going to get some new age witchcraft that's out there on this topic, like tarot card readings, crystals, and this stuff that seems like harmless voodoo, but it is dark. Please listen to this. Avoid it at all costs, because if you go into that, you're going to open a portal that you do not want open. So if you're like, all right, screw that. Another thing you can do, a simple strategy, is to make a vision board or a board that has visual representations of your goals and future self that are most important to you. So if you never heard of a vision board or it's kind of unclear, a really great resource for you on this topic is actually a free documentary film on Netflix called The Secret, as there's a component in there that talks about vision boards and it has like a really great scene in there um, where it's about middle, middle to the end of the movie. Uh, John Asaraf is in there sharing a story about how vision boards changed his life and an interaction with his son. And when you hear that story, it will hit you like a ton of bricks, like incredible. So go check that out. Highly recommend. When it comes to the critical tasks, it's all about keeping that list targeted and simple. So we're talking about the power list, those critical tasks, tasks to move it on. The thing to know is critical tasks, the power list, it's not a to-do list. A to-do list is you keep adding things, random things, you know, uh, obligations, things like that. This is not a goal list either. So this isn't big audacious goals. This is a power list, a must-do list that are linked to your goal. So for example, your power list, let's say that your goal is to, to write a book. On your power list for the day, you would not write, write my book. But what you might have is outline the first chapter of my book or make my table of contents for my book because you can realistically do that in a day provided that writing a book was your target that you wanted to focus on. Again, this is from Andy's strategy called The Power List, and there is a link to his podcast episode in the show notes that I highly recommend you take a listen to learn because it is incredible. So those were my big tips for phase one of the Live Hard program. 
Now let's move into phase two. In phase two, the biggest difference is not so much what to do as much as waiting on what to do. So when you went from 75 hard into phase one, you could jump right in the next day if you wanted to and ride that momentum. However, it's different here in phase two because before starting phase two, there is a mandatory 30-day waiting period before what you do counts for the program. Now, when Andy talks about the Live Hard program in his podcast, he says that this right here, phase two, is where most people fail because people become very dependent on a program that if they don't have a program, they go off the rails and their self-discipline goes to crap. Now, for me, it was a very simple hack. Instead of waiting 30 days, I tricked myself into believing that phase two started immediately, even though those days didn't count towards the program. What this did was it heightened my awareness to any blind spots I had, and it raised my level of personal accountability. So this, quote, extra time was on me. I couldn't rely on the program or the satisfaction of marking off a day that counted towards the program. This gave me clear headspace, and it was a warm-up and strength builder to lead me right into phase two 30 days later, after I completed phase one. Now, as an aside, you can take a longer than 30-day break between phase one and phase two if you want to, but I chose not to do that. And to be honest, Andy was totally right. I had to restart phase two about three, actually exactly three times in between phase one and phase two because while I used that mental trick to do it anyway, it also counted against me because I inherently knew that they, quote, didn't count. But it was a great lesson because it gave me a lot of awareness and it was like a wake-up call for me. So this was another reason that I was glad that I didn't wait and I jumped right into starting phase two because I had to restart it three times. That way I didn't fall too far behind and I could finish the whole program on time. One caveat to note on that is that in 75 hard, if you messed up a day, you had to restart from the very beginning. However, in live hard, if you mess up a day in a certain phase, you didn't have to restart back at the beginning of 75 hard, just the beginning of the phase that you're in. So if, for example, on uh, let's say day 10 of phase one, you forgot to take a progress pick, you failed the day, so you had to restart. You would restart on day one of phase one, not day one of 75 hard. So once those 30 days after completing phase one have passed, that mandatory 30-day waiting period's over, there are, no two, there are no new tasks in phase two that replace the tasks that were new in phase one. It is simply a 30-day stint of only the tasks for 75 hard. So phase two, as a quick recap, phase two is 75 hard 
all those tasks, but only for 30 days. So those tasks for phase two are the same as 75 hard, two 45 minute workouts. They can't be back to back. One has to be outside, one progress pick, one gallon of water, read 10 pages, get your power list, stick to a diet, no cheat meals or alcohol for 30 days in a row. That's phase two. Now, the final phase is the one part of live hard that you cannot screw up because there are no do-overs. Like I said earlier, if you're in 75 hard and you screw up a day, you restart, you cannot do that in phase three. You must have perfect execution or you fail the entire year. The reason for this is that you cannot begin phase three until 30 days prior to the anniversary date of when your first day of starting 75 hard was. So for example, for me, I successfully completed 75 hard in March of 2022. And my first day of that 75 hard was in January of 2022. So 30 days prior to that day one start date for me was December 8, 2022. That was when my day one of phase three started. With this phase, I went ham because you cannot screw up or the whole year is a loss in this program. So in order to make that a non-negotiable success, I used a ton of strategies and mind hacks for this stage because so much was at stake. At least that was what I mentally told myself so that I would be able to execute this phase perfectly because again, there are no do-overs. So the most important principle that you must adopt and literally wire in yourself in order to get through this is the concept of urgency. Of like urgency is the key to phase three. So real quick, I'm gonna list the specific tasks for phase three, then I'm gonna share how I did it. So phase three had all the tasks of phase one plus two new tasks. One random act of kindness and talk to a stranger. To clarify, a random act of kindness, would it be something like uh, donating, volunteering, paying for a stranger's meal, picking up groceries for someone in need? Or, or what I did, um, I walk outside every day of my path, and unfortunately, I see a lot of trash. So I pick up trash. That was one thing that I did. And the other key is, you can't do the same thing every day. It defeats the purpose of looking for random acts of kindness. Not scheduled, do the same thing. This is about conditioning and wiring yourself to look for opportunities to brighten someone's day, the community, or whatever, wherever you are living. Um, I'm an Eagle Scout. One of the things that we learn in Boy Scouts is do a good turn daily, and wherever you go, whether it's camping or working or wherever, always leave the environment that you're in better than you found it. So if you get there and there's trash, you leave taking the trash with you. No, you didn't put the trash there. It wasn't your fault, but now it is your responsibility. 
If you live that way, your life will level up in ways I can't even begin to explain. That is the ultimate mark of leadership. Doing things because it's right, not because it's you did it. Pick it up, do it. Talk to a stranger means it must be done in person and it isn't just saying hi. So the following do not count. A compliment, a hello, a head nod, sending someone a DM. The goal is to at least be able to learn something small from that stranger. Where'd they go to school? What are they doing for vacation this summer? Something small, doesn't have to be profound, but you have to show genuine interest in that person. Okay, so those are the tasks for phase three, which is 30 days long and cannot begin until 30 days prior to the first day anniversary of when you started 75 hard and completed it successfully. Those are the tasks. Here's what I did to make it happen. First off, like I mentioned previously for the mandatory wait time prior to beginning phase two, I did not wait until the first date allowed to begin doing the tasks. I started at least a month ahead of schedule and I did it right in the middle of the holidays when I knew it would be the hardest to stick to a diet, which is one of the components of winning the day so you can complete the phase successfully. This started the process of honing in my focus so that if something did come up, I could gain that awareness and take it with me into phase three once it started and I could legitimately begin it to do those 30 days prior, as I mentioned. The random act of kindness. I actually embody this into my pharmacy. So again, it's not telling everyone or, or judging people to do things you're doing. However, when I started to do this, I saw the value that it could play in helping pharmacy students to take initiative and really develop a culture and develop an experience for patients that goes above just the service. So what we do as pharmacists is incredibly valuable. But when you create an experience, you build a brand, you build a business, you build a reputation of how you show up above and beyond to care for patients. So I actually had this brought into my pharmacy. So at my practice site, we take a lot of pharmacy students on rotation. They're there for five weeks at their last year of pharmacy school to get insight on what pharmacists do. So I challenged each of them to look for a random act of kindness that they could share to a patient. Now at first, they were pretty intimidated because this is just totally new and they don't really teach this in pharmacy school. But by the end of that, they were super pumped because they got to not just see, but experience how a seemingly small gesture could have such a profound impact in others' lives. It was awesome to witness and to see this kindness spread. So again, these are the tasks that you have to do, but I'm always trying to think, how can we innovate? How can we allow others to benefit from this too? And that's what I came up with. Another strategy, before I started the tasks of phase three, before I even began my prep phase, I became fully committed in my mind that there were zero options 
for any reason whatsoever, any of the tasks would not get complete. And this was a depth of resolve that I created in my mind by using the pain and pleasure principle. So what the pain and pleasure principle is, is it points out that there are only two reasons that any human does or does not do any single action. And those two reasons are to either seek pleasure or avoid pain. That is literally the only two reasons that you do or do not do anything in your life. Don't take my word for it. Think back to any decision you've made and it was either to seek pleasure and or avoid pain. So taking this law, I created in my mind as many reasons as I could that would create pain if I missed a single task, no matter what. And that might sound intense, but let me tell you something, it was incredibly effective. I leveraged the power of urgency, like I mentioned earlier, making each task feel incredibly important and essential to survival, that it gave me this focus that was just so dialed in. Like It was so dialed in. When I started, when I literally started day one of phase three, in my mind, I was already done because there was no way I was going to miss anything. And I am super glad that I conditioned myself this way because on day three of phase three, I got what felt like COVID and I felt like garbage. And although I tested negative, I felt like I had the worst of it. It sucked bad but I got all my tasks in because I started with my psychology and I got that wired and dialed in first before it even began. The other trick I used had to do with hunger and the extra level of temptation around the holiday season because that's when phase three was for me. I started it intentionally during Thanksgiving and it went right through Christmas when all the yum-yums, all the temptation with desserts and cookies and holiday treats that I was bombarded with multiple times throughout a day. One of the best parts about pharmacy, the unexpected perks, is when patients bring in treats. None of that. <laughs> so I leveraged the principle of framing adversity. And what I mean by that is that with every single event or choice that you make, there is always both a loss and a gain. So when you see your favorite dessert in the world at a time of year that's super nostalgic to you, it's really easy to have that feeling of loss, like you're losing an opportunity to connect with that nostalgia or missing out on what everyone around you is enjoying in front of you. You have to frame in your mind instead what you are gaining from abstaining. Oh, I just came up with that. <laughs> so literally think and, and label it, look at the situation and, and pause, remove yourself and ask yourself, what does it mean to you if you completed live hard? And in order to do that, you have to not have this. You have to gain instead of lose. How will it feel knowing that you cultivated this level of self-discipline? that you never had before in your life? Who will you become as a result of making it through this phase and program? Framing is everything. And again, you get what you focus on. 
So focus on what you want. Those were the biggest strategies I used to make it through phase three specifically. It all started in the mind. You have to be sold that you're already done, that there is absolutely no way, come hell or high water, that you will miss even a single task. There were days I had to go to bed at 2 a.m. because I was so sold on that. And when that happens, you end up getting up earlier and getting your tasks done quicker. <laughs> so you don't have to do that again. Now, there are limitless bonuses from going through Live Hard. I mentioned some of them. Confidence, self-discipline, leadership, all of those things. There were a few others that I didn't really expect that really I took away as, holy crap, this was amazing, and I got this as a result of going through Live Hard. And those include time management. Because like I said, if you don't get your tasks done, but you're committed to getting them done, and you don't manage your time well, it'll be one, two in the morning, and you've got tasks to do. So you've got to manage your time. Focus, I've mentioned, where focus goes, energy flows. Some of these tasks suck, and if you focus on how much they suck, it's not going to help you do them. So you have to focus on the gain, you have to focus on whatever you can to get you through that, and that will allow you to go through that process. Clarity, why are you doing this? Because if you're still listening, you're like, holy crap, that's a lot of stuff. You have to be clear on what you want. That is the most effective thing and first step in any goal setting progress process in any context. Clarity. The power of momentum. Once you are in this Live Hard program and you're, let's say, in 75 hard and you've done all these tasks for 50 days in a row and on day 51, you are tempted to skip a workout or you're gonna go to bed early or whatever, you're like, I just did 50 days of work and if I screw this day up, I have to start over? You're not gonna wanna do that. That's the power of momentum. Success builds on success. And with that, it's inspiring, but the magic of that is that that inspiration doesn't come from outside of you, it comes from inside of you. Self-inspiration is incredibly rewarding because you're not dependent on someone else. You're dependent on the work you do and looking at how far you've come inspires you to keep going. Another one that I'm not sure anyone's said this before, but this program is actually an incredible program to embody Christian living. Think about it. You do what you say. Faith without works is dead. The word disciple is very similar to discipline. In fact, you can't spell discipline without disciple. All of these tasks, and again, caveat, your worth, value, significance does not come from what you do. It comes from who you are in Christ. However, faith without works is dead. And if you cannot manage your own life, how do you expect to manage or influence others? You can't judge other people and influence them at the same time. As a Christian, you are to influence people to live as Jesus does. It is impossible to influence someone when you're judging them. So taking these principles and expecting others to or thinking you're better than them when you're in this program and they're not, ain't the Christian way. So these principles, this lifestyle, is a phenomenal template 
to guide you in how to actually live as a Christian rather than just go to church on Sundays. And like I mentioned, the power of leveraging the law of pain versus pleasure. I've heard this for years. It logically made sense. But like most things that are cliche, you hear them and understand them. But until you live them and embody the principles in your life through intensely emotional situations, that's when that thing clicks. Now I know pain versus pleasure, how incredibly powerful it is at a level I've never known before. And it's incredibly rewarding. And I've used it already in multiple different areas of my life, my clients' lives, and it's helped a lot of people. So there you have it. How to rewire yourself to live hard and dominate the war with yourself. Now, I know this was a super long episode, longer than normal, but I did not want to hold anything back. And I wanted to share all of my strategies as this program will level up your life. Like it is incredible. With that being said, make sure that if you have any health issues or any, you're seeing any physicians or you're on any medications, that you go to 75hard.com and read all of the disclaimers because this is not for everyone and all the other legal things, for safety, liability, all that. Go to 75hard.com for the disclaimers. Don't do this without medical supervision, all the other things, because this is intense. But for real, this program is no joke. If you take it seriously, you'll never be the same again and in the best way possible. So go forth, be great, live hard, and dispense your full potential. God bless.